0: Hi, and welcome to Whole Heart Transformation. I am Melissa Algera, your personal identity life coach. Let's go to the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Whole Heart Transformation. Happy 2024. Here we are, already a couple of weeks in, and man, I took like two and a half weeks off and it was glorious and it was boring and it was like all sorts of things but we're back here and we're starting our new year and hopefully your new year is starting out great and if it's not then you've come to the right place. Today I want to talk about grief and the cost to ourselves when we do not process through grief. You see life has many many losses. Life has many different aspects of good and bad. And even in the little things like grief is something that we should do. Our body is meant to process through emotions. Our body is meant to explore the losses and allow them to be felt and dealt with instead of pushing them away. So I want to talk about the cost of not grieving and why it's so important for you to understand that. So let's look at it from Character. So, character. You know, I say this all the time. What it's defined as, and how. What I believe, um, Dr. John Townsend has created this term of what character is. This definition of what character is, and this is what I believe character is from what I've seen in my personal journey of growth and healing. To Um, others that I've coached and seen them heal and grow in their character. So he defines character as the set abilities to face and feel in reality, to be able to see reality as clearly as it is, to face the losses, to face the pain of what it is, whether it's good or bad, and to be able to process through that and have the capacity to process through it without having to cope or use another strategy that isn't facing and feeling. And so when we think about grief from this place where we are facing our losses, facing the reality of what is instead of what maybe we hoped for or dreamed for, when we face the reality of that, we are allowing ourselves to, first of all, give ourselves the space and the love and self-care To say, you know what, like, this is meaningful. Like, this is something that I need to sit with and think about and process through um, and, and give myself the space and the time. So first of all, that's, that's (laughs) self-love, like to be able to say, no, like, I'm not going to push this away. I'm thinking about something my husband did with me the other day. He was, uh, there was something that was small to me, but it was big to him. And I was like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Cause even I, you know, still have neural pathways in my brain and body where I have to work through this, you know? And I was like, it's not that big of a deal. And he was like, no, he was like, it is a big deal. And like, I'm not going to push this away. This is, I'm feeling this right now. And this is a big deal. And I was like, oh yeah, like, duh, like everything that I coach, you know? Uh, But you know, it's, it's some of that attachment interaction that we have that we bring up with each other because that's just life, you know? So, anyways, with this, it, it, the reality is is that life has a lot of losses. And when we are not able to face those losses, then we kind of find ourselves repeating things that we need to process. It's kind of this weird subconscious thing that happens with us. It's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm in another situation where I need to grieve something so similarly." And then I have all this onslaught of like grief. Now, when you start to face grief, this is what happens when we haven't processed grief from the past. Then when we finally start to face it, we won't just be grieving the the present things that we've lost. Then we all of a sudden become in touch with all the losses over the years. And that can be really hard and overwhelming for us. And we need to do um, small bites when we're talking about grief, and we're finally starting to face it. So, depending on how old you are, this could be something that you have to face. So, it might be, man, in the current reality of my situation, uh, I need to face these losses right here, right now. So, I I say with my clients a lot to journal because this does help you get in touch with some of those deeper subconscious things, the the beliefs that you have, what's happening inside of you, um, maybe how you got here. But again, I will always tell you if you were ever in a coaching session with me and because you're listening to my podcast, that awareness is not the key. Like awareness is the, oh, we found the door. Like we found the door. The key to healing is being with those subconscious realities and processing them all the way through. So this looks like, man, now I'm realizing I this was a huge loss. I'm now going to bring this into relationship with other people that can hold the space for me to grieve these losses. And when we can do that, we undo the aloneness, which is the deeper issue, which is the root of all pain. It's the aloneness. It's the disconnection from God, ourselves, and others. That place where we couldn't face grief before, Is because we were alone and we had to learn to grieve alone. And this, you know, so we have to do all these specific things in order to avoid that. But the cost of avoiding it is the highest cost because now there's so much research that shows that as you avoid your emotions, as you avoid pain, as you avoid grief, by doing all these coping strategies, no matter what it is, it could be from something very small to something really, really big like drugs or sex or alcohol or whatever. Um, the cost of that is beyond what you could think of in the moment. The cost could be your health. The cost could be your family. The cost could be you know, generational trauma continuing to carry on. Dr. Dan Siegel says that an integrated parent's brain is what stops generational trauma, from continuing on. So the the example of this, like if if I could be less technical and less scientific and brainy is a parent who is aware of their own pain, who's aware of their projecting, who's aware of that their child is just triggering their own pain and they can own that instead of projecting it onto the child and making the child feel like they're worthless and shameful. A parent that can see their grief and their sorrow and stop projecting that or own it when they do heals generations. So it's, you know, scientifically speaking, where I'm not talking about something spiritual, I'm talking about scientifically speaking of the research that was found that the difference between a person who was in touch with their own pain, their own realities and could own that, um, and the difference between a parent Or a person who is not in touch is a massive scale of how their children and children's children will, you know, play how their lives will play out and how generations will be free or not free and have to carry the burden and weight of the unprocessed grief and trauma. So the the cost is so big when we are not in touch with our own reality when we are not able to grieve, when we are not able to see truth because we, you know, been pushing reality away for so long, we will project this on other people. Other people will pay the price for our grief. And you can tell yourself, oh, my kids are grown. And like, I can't, I cannot um, take this back. I cannot fix this. You're right. You can't fix the past, but you can start right now in the process of healing your grief and pain and stop projecting it on other people you can take ownership so your kids can look at their life and go oh man like i i don't need to continue on in this way i don't need to carry on generational pain and trauma listen the cost of staying the same and not facing the person that you are not facing where you came from, not facing the generational pain and trauma that your parents were not able to process or chose not to, or whatever, whatever label we want to put on it, right. Whether it's choice or just not awareness or help, the cost is much higher to your health and the generations behind you. Most of us have kids. Like it's not something that you know, most people have kids. Now, if you don't have kids, then you're not going to pass on a legacy to anyone or anything. If you don't have grief, however, you being a changer, a world changer in your, you know, whatever your sphere is by you facing your own reality gives could give space to somebody else who needs healing could, you know, could provide some sort of a reality check. Like, Oh, wow. Like I haven't grieved my own stuff either. So you could still provide you know, a, a space of openness towards grief and healing, even if it's not with your own kids and the cost to yourself ultimately is you're not living in the present. When you are not in touch with grief, you are living out of the past and you don't even know it. You're living out of traumas that are unhealed and you don't even know it. You're doing things based out of your own pain that is hidden from yourself. Um, It may not be hidden to others. Others may have come to you and said, and and this is one way that you can actually kind of know whether you have or have not processed your stuff. But if others come to you and they say, hey, like that you've hurt me like this, or I feel hurt, or, or you're continuing to do the same things and people are coming to you. Multiple people are coming to you with the same exact issue and you're, you know, you're resistant to it, that should bring some awareness to you that there is something inside of you that has not been processed, something that, you know, needs to be processed, especially if you're having repeat situations or repeat, um, I don't want to say complaints, but basically complaints about how you show up in relationship or how You are repeating certain things and it's not being dealt with. So the cost of unprocessed grief is very vastly like wide, you know, there, there's a huge reality of like the cost. It's not just necessarily to yourself, but it's also to the people around you, the people you're in relationship with. And then if you have children, like the fact that you're not changing generational trauma because you're not facing your grief. Um, is the same thing. And so there are people that will be affected by our lack of awareness and our lack of grief processing. Everyone will be affected by it, but especially us in the end, because all of that grief being trapped in your body, it has to go somewhere. It has to have some sort of outlet. And if there isn't an outlet, then it's going to be showing up in disease and, and more heartache. Okay. So I wanted to share this because as I'm coaching people, I am just seeing things that have brought some serious awareness to myself, like integration, um, those character structures. I think I've talked about it before, of course, but I'm going to remind you if you haven't heard this, but the, the four character structures that Dr. John Townsend came up with, which is attachment, separation, integration, and adulthood. This is the These are the phases of life. Attachment is what we come into. We're born into attachment. We need uh, people. We need people to live and survive. It's proven like a baby could not be born and just like toss. We need attachment for survival. And then we go through the phases of separation where we start to kind of separate from our caregiver and, and find ourselves and do things on our own. And like, that place has to be built so beautifully, and this is where we can really get stuck in unhealthy um, separation, because or deficient separation when we are now either providing emotional attunement for our parents, which you know I can talk about that in another time, um, and and we're we're not able to be separate as a child, um, and so you know that if we don't get that separation, then that kind of puts us in a stuck position. As we grow into adulthood, we we actually aren't leaving our father and mother and moving on towards the new attachment person that we need to. And then you've got integration. And this is where our parents teach us to grieve losses, to not have black and white thinking, um, to to not see people as all good or all bad. And um and then we have the grief work you know we need to be able to learn how to process our losses we we should have been learning that i heard somebody say that it takes like 40,000 times 4,000 4,000 or 40,000 times hopefully it's 4,000 times cuz i'm raising i'm still rearing children but you know 4,000 times to tell a child something until they get it like there's something within their brain it just takes repeat situations okay so if we weren't getting the teaching on how to be in reality if we weren't getting the teaching on how to grieve if we weren't getting the teaching on how to not see people as all good or all bad or have you know where we can see the grave we're not taught those things then we're going to be incredibly deficient in grief and 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 integration we're not going to be able to know how to do that so we had to learn how to deal with that alone And then lastly is adulthood and adulthood is something that you start processing. I believe, you know, about 16, you're, you're starting to shift over into that. And the process doesn't end until 25, but many people at 18 are pushed out of the house and just like, okay, you're all good now. And it's like, your brain isn't even developed yet. And so we have a lot of people who don't even know their purpose. They're not walking out healthy sexuality, their spiritual life is really weird. And then they, they just really don't have a lot of competence. So we're talking about all these character structures, because it's good for you to know the process of what you should have gotten as a child. So if you find yourself not being able to grieve or process emotions or bring your grief into relationship, you can look at the character structures and go, Oh man, like I'm deficient in these. Because first of all, I wasn't, taught and trained as a child on how to deal with these. But then I have parts of me that are extremely alone and disconnected. And that's the root. The root is aloneness and disconnection. And so when we start to do the grief process, when we start to face grief, we can't do it alone. Like you weren't able to do it this entire time because you were doing it alone. So the strategy of avoiding it was beautiful. Like, hello, like if we don't have the internal strength to be able to grieve well or grieve at all, we feel like we're going to die. So we have to do something else. So of course, like that strategy, it doesn't work for us, but there was something in it that was beneficial. And we don't want to lose everything when we're integrating parts of us that didn't know how to process things, didn't know how to process grief or that were deficient or doing unhealthy coping strategies. We don't wanna get rid of everything. We wanna find the good because the good is still there. And that helps with our integration too, right? Like, cause grief is integrative work. Um, And so being able to see the good, even in the things that were not the best situations or the best coping mechanisms, to be able to find the good in those spaces, helps us to heal helps us to see people rightly and um yeah so i i basically feel like this is where i find clients will be hung up and sometimes this is where i stop being able to work with people because they get stuck in their integration deficiencies they can't grieve the losses because of the reasons why they've told themselves whatever it is um you know, that's all subconscious and embodied. And this is where I find people getting stuck. It's like, if we can't start facing grief and we can't sit with the real pain of what has happened to us and the losses we've incurred, then we cannot move even into adulthood and and growing our adulthood where we were not developed. And I was thinking about a situation for myself personally, where I had, oh my gosh, the grief was just like, it was it I felt like I was gonna die I mean it really was but it was like maybe 30 seconds you know um but I had to face the grief of that there's no justice for me with the betrayal that I went through there's no advocate and I'm not saying that you know I believe in God and all this I I, I believe in God but the, the in this way there was no one to come and literally blow everyone out of the water that harmed me because there was a lot of people who harmed me. And so I had to face the deep grief of there will be no justice because even let's say, let's say I harmed these people that how they harmed me. The reality is the initial pain and trauma that I had and experienced will never compare Like if, if I got revenge, it will never compare. And so I had to grieve that so wholeheartedly. And I'm glad I did because after about two days of deep grief, it was two days. After being able to face that for two solid days, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't need justice in this anymore. Like I've faced this, there won't be justice in this. And like, that's okay. Now that might sound crazy to you. But the thing that was causing me so much pain was that I was bargaining with that. I was just like holding onto it and sifting it, sifting it, sifting it. And as I continued to sift it, it was like my heart was becoming more bitter in that area and I wasn't even noticing or realizing it. And so once I was able to grieve that, that left me with so much freedom internally. So this is why grief needs to happen because when we don't, we become bitter people. We become trapped in our own thoughts, our own ways of thinking that are not beneficial to us. So I hope this gives you some insight of why I come back to this so much, why I'm always saying, Hey, like you need people to help you in your grief process. You cannot do this alone. You didn't have the tools when you were younger. And now we have to build those internal tools together. I'm not talking about through a subconscious way. I'm not saying, Oh, like, here's your, here's a, here's B, you know, no, I'm talking about literally feeling the felt experience of the loss and having people in it with you, weeping with you, affirming you, and also bringing the totality of what's real. I hope you've enjoyed this today. Thanks for listening. If you have found today's podcast helpful, please like, subscribe, and share. If you are interested in coaching with me, go to www.identitylife.coach and you can also find me on instagram identity.life.coach